0: And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours.
1: Good Monday! Monday. And happy noon, you guys. And so, welcome to Espresso with whatever you want to drink. Yes, whatever you want to drink, because we are at the gym and it's Monday. Monday Monday. stands stands for Movement Monday. So last week we talked about creating bulletproof shoulders, with the crossover symmetry exercises. Today, we're going to be talking about once again, more bulletproof shoulders. But today we're going to be talking about a different sequence of movements. What did we talk about last time? Bulletproof, bulletproof shoulders exercise one. Yeah, well, I talked about it. The crossover symmetry exercise. What was the purpose of it? To help you create bulletproof shoulders, reduce your risk, reduce your risk of injury, and have Get out long, pain. healthy um, shoulders. Long living bulletproof shoulders. <laughs>
0: It was more focused
1: on like the strength, like the stability and mobility that you need to like create um, the best environment for your shoulders before doing a workout, or if you are rehabbing an injury. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So this week we're going to be going over the carries, and really the purpose of the carries is to you know strengthen what we call your scapular muscles. So. You know your muscle, your, your shoulder is a ball and socket joint. Basically, um, because it is a ball and socket joint, it can move. It can move. It can move all around, right? Like you can bring your hand up. You can bring it to the side. You can bring it down. You can turn it around. Uh, do all the things, right? I'm so to show that important, in case you don't know this, these muscles. So because your shoulder joint is more mobile in general, if it lacks mobility, that's because of you, to be honest, because you haven't been, um, practicing shoulder mobility exercises and you know, like just like with anything else in life, if you don't use it, you lose it. But because naturally the shoulder joint is extremely mobile, right? Like 360 degrees kind of mobile. Um, we want to make sure that we're also practicing exercises that will keep our shoulders stable because otherwise what's going to happen when you walk out your dog and you open the door if your dog is anything like boogie you will just like sprint out and if you don't know how to keep like your things in check you could rip out your shoulder um you know torn rotator cuff that sort of thing that is due to lack of shoulder stability. So the exercise that we will be going over today, you're definitely going to reduce the risk of that. Now, if you've already had, um, some some kind of torn rotator cuff injury, then we highly recommend that you do that because if it happened to you one time, guess what? There is a missing link. That means that you have a greater likelihood of this happening to you again. And of course there's always, you know, like, um, freak injuries in the sense that, you know what, like maybe you've been just like throwing a softball or a baseball thousands of times and overuse can lead to that too. But even if you're overusing it and you are like pitching and throwing balls like thousands of times of day, so like imagine if you did it while having more stable shoulders, right? So this is all about the longevity game of this joint so that you can do what you love, um, for a longer period of time because it enhances your life and, I mean, let's face it, that's why we're here, right? You want to get to it? Mm-hmm. So, before we get into it, we're going to be going over four types of carries today. And we're going to go from the most basic um, to the more complex. And we're going to be basically talking about prerequisites for each and every one of them so that you know okay like what's working here what are we working towards what do i need in order to be able to do that and so on and so forth okay um, so that being said
0: what's first
1: let's begin with the farmer's
0: scaries so are we really quiet to everybody hello hello i don't know why you go this way yeah. Okay. Great.
1: Uh, what am I doing this with? With two kettlebells. So, you guys, the farmer carries, He just like it sounds, and it's going to look like a farmer doing it as if he has two buckets. I got two um, buckets of water! Now, as far as objects, what objects can you use for that? Um, you know, the reality is, is that you can do either kettlebells or dumbbells, um, kettlebells are just created in a way that when it comes to any carry it's just more stable because the the weight is even like underneath whatever it is that you're holding but the dumbbell the weight is distributed on one side and the other Wait, unless you go overhead Unless you go overhead, correct um, so either one that's totally fine um you're gonna find i would say both do a variety do them sometimes with the kettlebells sometimes with the dumbbells they're very different yeah yeah but you can do it with both okay so if you're limited on equipment you only have dumbbells know that you can do it with dumbbells the prerequisite for that you guys honestly is the deadlift right because In order for you to get the kettlebells up to this position, you have to deadlift it up. If you're like, I'm not really sure, how do I deadlift? um, You basically take it all the way up. If you want further instructions, um, just go to Burn Zone 2. Burn Zone 2 would explain that, so if one of our team members can please drop a link. You could probably probably YouTube search Aaron Serene deadlift. That be a deadlift. Catabolic deadlift. But um, also, in the case of need the at solutions.com forward slash easy to. Okay, so once you're here, something that you want to make sure before you start walking is that your shoulders are nice and tight. Okay, we call that retracting. Okay, so um, two of the motions that your scapular muscles can do is called retraction and protraction. Retraction means it with your shoulders, your back. Protraction is honestly where most people are living. That's why you want to make sure, especially in this exercise, uh, that, that you are really making it a point to retract. Because on a day-to-day basis, we live in the protracting phase. Okay, so that being phase. That being being said, now that you're here, literally all Erin's gonna do is she's just going to walk with the weights. Okay? Do the cat walk. That's it. But also, we're trying to walk with sturdy shoulders, not like this. Or, or, and this goes to all of you guys who are in the underground training club.
0: Sometimes in the underground
1: training club, you'll see like a 50 meter carry, a 50 foot carry, right? And a lot of times when you're doing a metabolic conditioning workout that has carries, um, what you'll want to do like intuitively is basically go as fast as you can with it, which elevates your tracks, you're less focused on, you know, the motion of it. Um, but really when you're doing carries, the point of it is not like so much to go for speed, but rather to just go for time under tension in that position. Because what it does is that, um, because like, if you think about it, you're on the keyboard, you're driving all day, your shoulders are elevated, you're protracted, right? Like this is your comfortable position. Okay. So now we're like, okay, we're bringing our shoulders down. We're keeping our scapular muscles retracted and back. Like, give it that time under tension that it needs. Okay, It's not so much like... Always, always, always quality of movement before speed. Yeah, always. Always quality of movement before weight. Um, you can move fast when you move well. Yeah, so... So let's talk about what muscles are actually involved in the carrying because we're talking a lot about the scapula. Can I, can I say one more thing that yeah. happens? is A lot of people, when you're focused on pulling your shoulders back, there's a difference between pulling your shoulders back and trying to pull everything back.
0: Mm-hmm. Because what you want
1: to happen is, yes, your shoulders to go back, but you also want your core to stay tight. Which means you don't arch, like that actually hurts. So what happens is we think like, I'm going to pull my shoulders back as far as possible. And then we get this like super curved arch right here in the low back, which like compresses your spine and like pushes it up against each other. And then you've also got weight. So you have compression and you have compression in this, like, extra folded back position. So, like, each of your vertebrae, if you, if you like, if you see a skeleton, like, an anatomic, like, an anatomic little, like, fake skeleton,
0: and there's, like, the
1: vertebrae are on top of one another, well, when you go forward, when you round forward, the two ends over here
0: come closer together, right? If I come forward,
1: then the
0: part of my spine from this side they get closer together. If I go back, then these sides get closer together. So you want to be, like you want
1: to have your core in a tight position so your back is straight, but you can pull your shoulders
0: back at the same time. So you have to
1: differentiate the top of my back
0: versus the bottom of my back,
1: okay? Top of my back,
0: bottom of my back.
1: Don't move this piece, important, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the muscles that are being used in this movement. So yes, though we are mainly focusing on our scapular muscles. Those are not the only muscles that are being engaged here. Um, in fact, the farmer carry or any carry, as a matter of fact, engages a lot of core, um, you know, like for example, if somebody has never done carries in their life, and I'm going to tell them to go on a 200 meter like carry the next day, their obliques are going to be ridiculously sore. Okay. So it works a lot on your core, especially because the weight is unstable side to side. Um, it works on your obliques, which is like your side supporting core muscles right here. Okay. Um, and of course, like, you know, because it engages your core, also your, um abdominal muscles, right? Um, but you know, those are engaged in it too. Obviously, if you're doing a deadlift to pick it up or um a few deadlifts followed by carry, then it could also involve your hamstrings as well. But prime muscle that's being focused here is the scapula. Um, however, it, it is a compound movement in the sense that more than your scapular muscles are being
0: engaged in order to move that object. Your rhomboids, your shoulders, your forearms, everything, Um, your forearms, your triceps, all of it's engaged. But um, what we're focusing on is the bigger muscles in there. So that's going to be more the scapula. And any muscle that is surrounding the shoulder affects the shoulder. Any muscle that's attached near the shoulder affects the shoulder. Sorry if we're a little quieter today. I'm not sure why. We didn't change anything on our end, but um, it seems that you can hear us because Jamie's asking, uh, or no, not Jamie. Is it Was it Daniela? Does carrying the groceries from the car to the house count? Look, there's a reason that we do this called functional fitness. Why functional? Because this movement mimics... Carrying grocery bags, carrying something. I, I would uh, often with, with, with our clients, like I would often make up games. I'd be like, okay, you're carrying your grocery bags. And these ones are full, like Al. I remember Al, he would be like, what do I have? A bag of lemons? And I'm like, yeah, you got a whole bag of lemons. And then when we would increase the weight, it'd be like, now we got watermelons, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> and then you so, had
1: to carry um, propane uh, tanks. Propane
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you know so, it's all yeah, good I
1: mean you know like the, that's the beauty of um, functional movements and the, all these movements that we teach to you guys are functional movements you know like for accessories you can do like a single joint movement but you know we don't train ourselves and we ha- our fitness hasn't gone to the level that it does because of single joint movements um, you know it, it got that way Due
0: to functional movements. Because that's how your body was meant to move. Not by bicep curls and leg curls Therefore, and knee extensions. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move to the second
0: movement,
1: which is the suitcase carry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the suitcase carry. Whoa. It's dramatic. So the suitcase carry is basically very similar. Going on a trip to the farmer's carry, except that you're only holding the kettlebell on one side. So it's a single-sided farmer's carry. So look at what it has yeah, it's a functional name. What that does, because you're holding the object on only one side, is that it, it encourages a more intense um core engagement overall because you're putting a weight and you have to balance yourself with only one side that's being weighted okay um therefore of course the side that has the weight is going to activate basically all the back muscles right there right but then on the other but side. Then on the other side we're talking about a more intense engagement of your core. Just all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is the kind of movement that allows you to focus more on bracing your core. Like in the farmer's carry, you will feel a more intense feeling like on your shoulders with a suitcase, more intense feeling on your core. Because it is single-sided and because you have to balance yourself. So common mistakes made that you want to avoid in the suitcase carry is going to be heavily leaning to one side or the other. So either we let the weight control us or we try to overcompensate. So, first mistake is picking it up like a lazy ass, which looks like this. Pick it up
0: like a deadlift. Like you have two of them here and you pick it up. That's how we do that safely. Then we either like let the weight just like drag us
1: around and we're like leaning i uh, make a reference and I think it's funny, but somebody probably offended Being and I you know. Okay, or <laughs> we try to overcompensate. Isn't there a song? we can make a Yeah. Okay, great. It's a song. It's not me.
0: Um, or we try to
1: overcompensate and we like, rest it against our body. That's I dramatic. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> Anyways, it doesn't matter. What does that mean? <laughs> Spanish translator. So so keeping your body nice and straight. So what I would have my clients do is pretend like they literally have one in each hand and their hands should be at the same height. If One hand is lower
0: than the other, we're going one way or the other. So pretending like you literally have two. From the start, if somebody's
1: looking at you and we erased the kettlebells, it should look like I just picked up two kettlebells and I'm hanging on. To two kettlebells. That's it. That's it. All right. Okay. Okay, then what? So the next movement
0: is the waiter carry. Oh, the waiter carry. So
1: once we get to the waiter carry, and with every with every carry, you can do a what we call either a bilateral or a unilateral movement. Now, in simple terms, what that means, we can either do the carry with a weight on both sides or with the weight on one side. Okay? From the farmers and the suitcase carry, you now know the difference. Um, you know. More intense scapular retraction. Um, you know, use both for more core, use one at a time. Okay. However, we always recommend that when it comes to programming, you don't just want to pick one or the other. You wanna do a mix of all the things. So with a later carry, you're now gonna start increasing the levers. Okay, so we're going from Um, Really close to the floor to basically like the weights being like right to the side of our legs to now the levers are going all the way up to um, basically like our shoulder girdle Um, So that being said we're talking about a more intense core Retraction and whenever we're talking about more levers with regards to anything it is it is um, a slightly more complicated movement, though I wouldn't consider the waiter carry to be a complicated movement yet. But just wait till we get to the next lever or to the other increased level. That's when things are going to start to get more complicated. So the, the most complicated thing here is like, okay, well, how do we get the kettlebell all the way up to here? Because, you know, with the farmers or the suitcase, all you have to do is deadlift it. Okay. And this is, by the way, why in Burn Zone 2, we teach you the deadlift, we teach you the clean, we teach you the snap, because you need to know how to pick things up to levers, otherwise you're going to be severely limited with the amount of movements that you're doing, okay? So basically, um, with a double, a, a double kettlebell, what Erin's now going to do is she's going to clean both kettlebells up to her shoulder Girl. Um, if you want to learn the clean, again, just go to burn zone to forward slash bc 2 So the catapults are over here. Remember, you're in already in a protracted position throughout your, most of your life. So though her weights are here, she wants to really be intentional with how she's keeping her shoulders back in order to really practice that good motion. Okay. Um, If you guys were to literally just hold both kettlebells like that for 30 seconds, you're going to see how your core is going to start to shake. And your
0: upper back, big time.
1: And your upper back, um, you know, the more, the longer the levers are with any movement, the more core is being involved. Okay. Um, And then to lower it down, basically the same way that to lower it down. Okay, just make sure that when the weights are in front of you, that doesn't mean that you just settle for that. You want to be even more intentional with bringing your shoulders back. And with with kettlebell work, you, like, form is important from before you pick the weight up to after you set the weight down. People will do deadlifts. Okay, the first rep looks like this. All right, you're going to start from the top, and then they have, like, really good form. And then they're done and they're like, okay, I'm done. From the before you pick it up to after you set it down is equally as important. Pick it up like you mean it. Set it down like you mean it. Because people always get hurt on the first rep or the last rep because they got lazy. So be mindful of that. So when you're cleaning these up, it's equally as important From the moment you start, to the moment you set them back down, then you're good. Yeah. And Samantha Burrell asked the question, can you do these with dumbbells? Yes. Yes. With any carry, you can do it with a kettlebell or a dumbbell. Okay. Carry. Yeah. However, um, especially as the levers increase, the kettlebell becomes more complicated. Okay. And uh, as you bring it up to here, up to here, it, yeah, it's a lot more complicated with the kettlebell. Than, than it is with the dumbbell. So you're going to notice a significant difference, even if you're using the same amount of weight, doing a weighter carry um, with the kettlebell than with a dumbbell. So um, which, which if you want to practice with the kettlebell, just do a lighter weight than you would do with the dumbbell. Yeah. Um, So just like with the farmers and the suitcase, how we went from both kettlebells to one with the waiter, you can do the same, you can just do one at a time. Okay, now the fun thing is as the movement gets more complicated in the sense that you increase your levers basically from farmers to waiter, um, what you can do is that you can use the other object to do other things. Like for example, when you're doing a waiter, Your other hand can be in a suitcase position. Okay. So there's a combo of suitcase and waiter. Okay. Like the combinations are endless you guys. Okay. Um, Okay. So that being said, let's take it to the more complicated movement. This is the most, um, I would say complex carry because it just requires a lot more engagement because as the levers increase in a carry the more muscle recruitment it takes. I would say when you're doing a a waiter's carry for the first time it may be better for you to do it single-sided just because it's probably easier to get one kettlebell into that position than it is to get both into that position especially overhead. So like if you're just starting it, right, we were talking about a waiter. Right, but we're gonna talk about overhead. So what I'm saying is, if you're doing anything other than a farmer's carry, it's probably gonna be better that you start single-sided. So if you're doing a waiter's carry, or what we're gonna talk about next, it's probably gonna be easier that you just start with one side rather than two, because getting two kettlebells Into this position is more difficult than getting one kettlebell into this position. And focusing on one step at a time is going to be the key to long-term success. And getting, you know, one kettlebell overhead, which is what we're going to talk about next, is going to be easier than getting two kettlebells overhead. Because you're less stable in this position than you are in this position. And you're less stable in this position than you are in this position. Hopefully that makes sense. And if it doesn't, then give it a try, you will understand immediately what Aaron is So we'll do one for a yeah. yeah, so the next thing that we're going to do now is the overhead carry, right? Okay? Where basically Aaron holds the object above the head while she's carrying it. So there's two ways you can get into this position. You can either do a clean and a press, or a clean and a jerk of some kind, or you can if you have the strength, you can do a kettlebell snatch. So the easier way is gonna be two steps, clean which you already know, and then you can get it overheaded that. of it. And then we walk. But the importance here is now it's not just a retraction. What is it? What is it called? Protraction? Mm-hmm. Protraction is forward. Oh uh, what's depression? It? Depression, when you pull it downward. Huh. Right? So you want to pack it, you're you're tucking it into that, to its tight position right here, so that it's nice and stable versus like shrugging up and and you've got all this wiggle room. You want to tuck it in and keep it tight and down, and then you're
0: up. So
1: the, the other point of this is that
0: all your joints are stacked. Your wrist is right above your elbow, your elbow is right above your shoulder. I'm not trying to hold it out here, And I'm also not pushing it up into my head. I'm not holding it out in front of me or way behind me. If you're hypermobile, way behind you, like trying to hold it back here it can be a tendency, but that's gonna jack you up. So you want boom, boom, boom,
1: my stack. Yeah. You'll feel it when you're not. So pre qualifiers, so like we said in a in Farmers and Suitcase Carry, the only qualifier that you need is basically just to be able to lift them. With regards to the waiter, it's just a clean. Um, with the overhead carry, it requires a few more qualifiers. Um, so, it's either a kettlebell snatch uh, uh, or a kettlebell clean and press. Could be the same with dumbbells. Um, so now, here's the thing. If you have some kind of shoulder injury, especially if you're doing PT and let's say your physical therapist was like no pressing, no pull-ups, then chances are is that overhead carry is not the movement for you right now because it's too complex, and you probably didn't learn how to pack your shoulder overhead, and that's probably what caused the injury. Okay, because your your shoulder joint was displaced in the first place. So, if you are currently dealing with an with a shoulder injury, um, then know that the overhead carries, though they're useful, they're not useful for you at this time. I would say just hone in on the farmer's uh, suitcase and waiter carries in the meantime. Okay, spend that time on your tension. And for anybody who's looking to really build a shoulder, so that you'll reduce your risk of developing an injury, and really make sure that you're getting. Um, you know, stronger, um, shoulders, highly, highly encourage you to start getting in the habit of, you know, doing the overhead carries more often than not, because what it's going to do is that it's going to teach you how to pack your shoulders when you're loaded overhead. Um, especially if you're in the underground, um, training club, there's so many movements that involve weight overhead. uh, I want to say like one, because I want to close the yeah, yeah. circle. Yeah. Once you've done the single arm overhead, you can
0: like double will be the next step, um, which is now you've got two things you're trying to focus on, both sides independent of one another, and you've got to get it from the ground to overhead.
1: Yeah. So once you're
0: ready for that, it's a double clean, like you
1: saw with the waiters carry, and then it's going to be that same press <laughs> up overhead, and then both shoulders get packed down, and then we walk. Yeah. And then bring them down. That is an intense shoulder exercise, an intense core exercise. It really is just an intense exercise overall, because you will feel it it requires your concentration. It requires your stability. It requires your mobility. It requires your strength. but, you know, really um, anybody can benefit from a carry. If you're injured, I would say stick to the more fundamental ones, like the farmers and the suitcase. If you don't have uh, much experience in training, then you know, stick to the more fundamental ones as well. If you have at least gone yourself to burn zone 2 or have some kind of experience in functional training, then feel free to start um, also doing the the waiter carries. Otherwise, look, the carry itself is a safe movement, but it's the getting to the carry part that requires what we call a ballistic hinge. And if you don't know how to load your spine with a ballistic hinge, then you can blow out your spine. Okay, Um, it's basically like the the risk reward model. Like the more muscles something engages, the more effective the movement is. Also, if you don't know how to move it properly, like the greater is the risk of developing injury. And that's why a lot of people say, "Oh, crossfit fucked me up." Well, did crossfit (laughs) fuck you up, or did you not know how to move properly when doing crossfit, and you got
0: fucked up? Or did you have some a coach that was went through a one weekend class that got certified and then was coaching you and doesn't know anything.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's why we really, we, we put the burn zone together for so many purposes because, for one, for those of you guys who are, like, really busy and are like, I don't have enough time to go to the gym, we're like, dude, you don't need to go to the gym. You can do it from your house. But, you know, also a big thing that we notice is that, Look, strength and conditioning, when it comes to the long-term game, like, if you want to be, like, fit as fuck, like, you need to do strength and conditioning. You're not just going to be able to do that, to get that from doing yoga or Pilates. So there is a rhyme and a reason for those, but it's not going to get you strong and fit as fuck. It's just not. Um, it won't get you fat. You know? Yeah. Um, so for that, you're going to need strength and conditioning, but you know, in order to get to um, you know, like, uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? In order to get to, you know, like to, to get yourself conditioned enough to be able to do like high quality strength and conditioning, there is a lot of prerequisites. You can't just go from being sedentary to, to doing, um, strength and conditioning. And really that's where burn zone one, two, three, and four come into play. Each burn zone focuses on something completely different. Burn zone. One is all about body weight, okay? Like, look, if you don't know how to move properly with your own body weight and space, then once we start adding external loads, then we're only adding more disaster to the chaos. Okay. So in burn zone one, we teach you how to do compound movements in space using your own body weight. You'll be surprised how your heart rate will get up and how you'll get stronger from that. A lot of times we hear, oh, can I get stronger just from doing body weight exercises? The answer is absolutely you can. Um until a certain point. Yeah, it's just a matter of how are you executing it. Okay, yeah. so obviously there is a rhyme and a reason for all of our programs. Once you're done with burn zone one, then in burn zone two, we go over, okay, like weighted um movements using the dumbbell. Okay, so all you need now is a pair of dumbbells and you're good to go. Okay, burn zone three. Now we're going to start jacking up your heart rate a little bit more so that you can get used to, to that more intense training. So jump rope and animal flow also to make sure we're working on your mobility. Because a lot of times what people don't talk about in this industry is like, look, dude, the more muscle you're adding, the, the less mobility you're going to have. So if you're not less right unless you're incorporating mobility as part of your routine
0: and, and, and moving in a full range of motion yes if you're doing half squats you can't expect yourself if you do half squats for an entire year you can't expect yourself to be able to do a I'm going to call it an Asian squat because that's how people understand it like
1: at any point later down the road because yeah. you've never, you have never use it or lose it so yeah. you can be gaining muscle still practice full range of motion, even if it's just the body weight. But if you're still practicing it, you're still using it. You'll still have the ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And in burn zone four, you know, we work with kettlebells because that's more of an odd object. Okay. So the movements get a little bit more complex. And once you're done with burn zone four, then Underground Training Club. This is where it's at. This is where Erin and I train. A bunch of you guys are already there. If you're a member of the Underground Training Club, go ahead and drop flex. If you're not, you guys, look. I highly encourage each and every one of you guys to get to the Underground Training Club. That should be a goal for each and every one of you guys. Like you're not, you're not going to get to an elite level of fitness from doing Burn Zone Three. However, you need to do Burn Zone Three in order to be able to do burn zone four and to qualify for the underground training club. So everything is a prerequisite. It's just like, you know, ground level, step one, step two, step three, step four. And then this is where we really like throw down and do like some fun shit, some risky shit. But of course, because it is risky, like you have to know what you're doing um and this is where like the reward of your training gets greater this is how you build muscle so much faster than you did before this is how your stamina improves so much faster than it did before but anyways underground training club um if you want to check it out it, what is it aaronisari.com forward slash underground dash training yeah com forward slash underground dash training um but you guys, in all seriousness, when it comes to the carries. so if this episode speaks to you um, from what we call a rehab or prehab standpoint, um, then chances are that you're like, look, dude, like, I, I, I know people who've been injured before and I know how that threw them off. I don't want it to be me. Or maybe you yourself have been injured and you're like, I want to be able to, you know, move well for a really long amount of time because I know how it affects everything else that I do in my day-to-day life. If that is you, then um, this is one of the supplements that we take on a regular basis. It's called the Joint Floor. Um, and it's it's literally like putting high octane fuel in each and every one of your joints. I don't care how young you are, like, you know, some people consider Aaron and myself relatively young. Um, depends on how old you are. Currently, currently we're, right. Currently we're in our thirties, but it doesn't matter how young you are, whether you're, you know, 18 years old or whether you're 48 or 58 years old. Like if you want to increase the health of your joints, you need to get on these stuff. Like this is no these joke. Stuff. This is no joke. Um, and you know, like if you're investing your time doing these exercises, then chances are, remember what we said: is movement is food and food is fuel. How are you feeding your joints? You're moving your joints in a good way. Okay, now you need to feed your joints in a good way. So you definitely need to to get your hands on this, even Um, the omega-3 and and the essential as well, but definitely that, like, you want to start with that. If you're super courageous, just get the daily foundation for maximum endurance. By the way, if
0: you get the joint and it's your first time, get two bags, take it in the morning and take it at night for the first month. You will know that it's going to work for you by then. Then you can back off to one um, dose a day if you want to. I still take two a day because
1: why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, if you have any questions with regards to any of our training programs, any of the things that we eat to help to fuel our body, any of the supplements that we take to help the functioning of our body, uh, just go ahead and email admin at erinandseree.com. Um, you know, we'll definitely be happy to give you more of an insight there. Other than that, that's all I have for today. And I don't know if you have anything else.
0: Nope, Boogie would like to sing Sing a song. song. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. All Um, right, you guys. Well, hey, that
1: being said, today is Monday, Movement Monday. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Look, um, you know, we're super grateful for you guys spending time with us watching this show. If you know anybody who will benefit from, you know, like listening to what we talked about today, maybe they've been injured with their shoulders before, maybe they're experiencing nagging shoulders, but just do us a favor and send them this video so that they can educate themselves. Come to this badass community because let's face it, this is where it's at. Um, and also to spread the word about our mission because our mission is so big. We're a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same movement, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. And you guys need your help and support in order to grow this mission. We do our best every single day, but, um, you know, we need as much help as possible in order to drive this mission forward. So anybody who will benefit from watching this, just go ahead and share this video or this, uh, podcast episode with them other than that you guys that does it for today tomorrow q a day um if you haven't already dropped your questions make sure to go to our facebook community page where we have the form where everybody gets to ask their questions Um,
0: or if you're watching this on facebook check the comments below because i'm sure daniela is already on posting the link and you can find it down there too
1: yeah and other than that we hope that you have a kick-ass start to your week and we will see you tomorrow at noon eastern bye, bye. thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Suri. on your way out be sure to check out our website erinandsarit.com to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab
0: some free stuff and if you feel so inclined hop on over to leave us a 5 star review wink wink and remember life is more fun when you subscribe to Erin and Sarit